Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here tonight with Ryan McKinney and Ron Saw. Perhaps South Spipes, I'm not sure if you're joining, we shall see, but this is Vikings training camp. It's back. Football is back, and the tr- regular season starts in 46 days. Everybody's back, and Egan, Jordan Addison, Daniel Hunter, Justin Jefferson, those are some of the items we're going to touch on. Kwesi Adafa Minsa and Kevin O'Connell were in front of a microphone yesterday to get the event started, so I want to go get some of the, the thoughts from Ron and Bryant about Daniel Hunter, about Jordan Addison's tomfoolery as of late. So that's some of the stuff we're going to talk about on the docket tonight on Believe in Vikings. First, though, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place all of your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on this action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, believe, BLEAV for 50% off, excuse me, for 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's free money, 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. And this is Believe in Vikings back for a second week in a row. Uh, you could tell the season is hitting when we're doing back to backers. Training camp is underway. Uh, rookies showed up on Sunday. Everybody else showed up Tuesday, and there was some on the field action on Wednesday. I got about uh, four items that came about through the press conferences and on the field action today. I'm going to start with you, Ron. Uh, the first one is Jordan Addison had a roller coaster week. He made a poor decision, then tried to walk back or explain why he made the poor decision. And then he looked like a beast in a good way today on the field. So I ask you, Ron, were you uh, off put by the 140 mile an hour reckless driving? Or do you think that is rookie being a rookie? I mean, I think there's a little bit of both because we've all been there, you know, like I've never <laughs> driven a Lambo, but I assume if I did, I definitely want to top it out and see, see how fast I can get it. But uh, um, no, I mean, we've, I've been there, you know, driving over a hundred when I shouldn't. And uh, um, <clears throat> while, you know, my first instinct is don't be an idiot. Like, you know, I get it. Um, we we can look at the positives. There wasn't alcohol involved. Um, like obviously that's a huge plus. So anyone comparing them to the Henry Rugg situations are completely different. But it is dangerous, and I hope he does learn his lesson that uh, you know, like Brian, you were on the team when Corn Robinson was flying down to Mankato. That's what I was thinking about. I was like, was he late? <laughs> so you know, it's uh again like you don't drive a Lambo to go speed limit, like, <laughs> but you just hope there's a little bit more responsibility going forward. Um, but again, you know, we can counter lucky stars that it wasn't worse than it was. Um, and regardless of whatever the quote unquote excuses with the, the emergency for the dog, um, whatever that may be. Um, again, it was, he wasn't drunk. He wasn't just street racing. It was, a kid behind the wheel of a fast car, seeing how fast he can go at 3 a.m. when roads are pretty dead. Bryant, have you ever really stretched the legs on one of your vehicles to the tune of 100-something miles per hour? 
I'm, I might have. <laughs> was that was that when Probably you were like in your- once or twice? Not that often, but I definitely knew like the rules were clear. It wasn't like uh it was like a real early morning. Nobody was on the road, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I got it up. To, I got it up to probably like. Yeah, was that in Minnesota or is that in somewhere in Miami? No, it was, in, it was in Florida where oh, okay. they kind of already drive fast anyway. So yeah, I hear you, Ron. And yeah, again, it's that it's even though it's a popular freeway at that time of day. Like I'd much rather him, you know, get it out of his way now than be weaving in and out of traffic during you know heavier traffic. And then because that's in my opinion, that's a hell of a lot worse. Uh, and then Ron, overall. Uh, so I observed Thursday morning, I guess Thursday afternoon, when the police citation came out, that there was a, oh, God, what are we doing here? Because this could be the first domino in a series of bad behavior. This could be the first thing, and we look back and say, oh, yeah, we saw the writing on the wall. Or we could look up in five or six years and laugh about the time Jordan Addison got really popped for speeding. Did you, however, I will say the court of public opinion fundamentally changed when he attempted to tell the police that he was trying to get home to a sickly dog. Did you buy that? I mean, like, I don't think he's the one putting the story out there. I think that like the citations public record at this point. So <clears throat> if it's noted on there, whether or not it's true, like cop obviously bought it, um, you know, and we're pet or you're a pet owner. I'm a pet owner. Like, <laughs> you know, if, if my dog, if I knew that it was sick and then, I needed to get home. Granted, I wouldn't be 140. I also don't have a vehicle that can go that fast, but uh, um, I, you know, I'd be I'd be pushing 90. I'm sure. Like, um, so I we all get it. Um, and to your point of whether we're going to look at this five years from now, or is this going to be the start of something? You know what? I think it's good that he got popped right away because mm-hmm. he's in that stage where <clears throat> kind of before all the work takes place and again he's a kid being a kid like i don't even know if he's 21 or if he just turned 21 what like he's very young so it, it it's very well learning experience it's the oh shit like you can still get pulled over at 3 a.m and for incited for speeding um you know it's again it could have been a lot worse thank god it wasn't um but you know it could be an eye-opener because then once he gets to work and gets with his teammates and the professionalism part starts to kick in um you know hopefully he just he has it out of his system and um you know if he we all speed um but you know keep it to you know keep it in the double digits at least (laughs) and uh you know a little more manageable situation there bryant um when you were a youngster on the vikings for better or worse, your teams were notorious for player arrests. What was the culture on that on those teams? Just kind of players could do what they want. Or was it just a bunch of bad luck? Because uh, it seems like in the last uh, since Zimmer took over and then O'Connell, that a lot of the arrests that we used to see have have dipped. Uh, what was the the culture like pertaining? I to think that? a lot of those guys stay in house more too. Yeah. Um, my culture was going out, hanging out, um, <laughs> and, and being out a lot more. I feel like overall, um, the culture in football, you don't see those guys out as much. Um, even though I just seen Stefan Diggs down here Saturday night. <laughs> 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 I met I met him uh out at a nightclub. Um, because it was rolling out weekend, so like a lot of people were in town for that, and it was their last weekend. Um and um, somebody was like, he was actually next to me. And I knew who he was. I just didn't say anything. And mm-hmm. then somebody else was like, y'all both play for the Vikings. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, yeah, he's, yeah, he's playing for the Vikings. 
He was like, for real? And I was like, he said, what's your name? I was like, Brian. He was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, and then he kind of knew. But um, I feel like I don't see a lot of that. Uh, the This generation, I don't see a lot of those guys out. Now, in my generation, <laughs> everybody used to be out. Like, the older guys, I would see those guys out, like a Donovan Minetta. They were out and more social, too. But also, we didn't have social media. And I don't think a lot of those guys, you know, back then, play video games like that. Like, people did, but not like it's a big thing now. So, I feel like a lot of those things keep people in the house more. Yeah. And um, back then, we didn't have all, you know, we didn't have the phones and all that stuff anyway. <laughs> so, we were out and we were actually more social people. When you were just talking about... Uh eventually recognizing digs that remind me the story you told us about a year ago when you were on the plane and was it somebody had like a vikings blanket or something and i think you asked them like oh you like the vikings and they didn't even recognize who you were was that when oh, you were, yeah. was that when you were a player or was that recently <laughs> no i think that probably was that probably that more recently oh okay <laughs> yeah they were like a huge Viking fan like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh you could have blown their mind if you if you would have pulled yeah, out your resume <laughs> I see. Well, and it's uh, weird too because, like, just your sheer like size, like yeah. you know, like you, you would have thought they were the question. Yeah, like you're recognizable. It's not like I know, like being living in Miami, you know, with Lionel Messi down there. Uh, like, and you see the photos of him shopping with his family at Publix or whatnot, and stuff that he can't do internationally. And it's like because he's like five seven. Like he's a very <laughs> honest. If you don't follow soccer, he's very unassuming. He can go under the radar. Someone right. like you, you probably can't go under the radar mm-hmm. or go unnoticed anywhere you go. Well, especially, Ron, when we went down there, when we met Bryant in person in his uh, suite for that Dolphins game, I got to give him a, a hug, and I was like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this guy definitely played football. Uh, Ron, let me ask you, on the football side of Addison, he was immediately back, and it looked like he was even getting some run with the first team today. Uh, and I know that I've asked you this before, and I'll probably ask you again, are you leaning toward him really getting targets in the first couple of weeks of the season? Or are you still think it's Osborne's job to lose as WR2? You know, I guess it depends on, on the scheme because I think Kirk has proven where he's not just going to force the issue uh, to someone. Like, so if they're calling plays like, Hey, we're going to get him in a rhythm early, like kind of what they did when uh, I know it was with Zimmer, but when Jefferson first finally took over, they were finding ways to get him the ball. Um, I, I think, I think Kevin O'Connell's smart enough to, to know that Diggs is going to be the one, the focal point, you know, over half, like it's like, think of it like Randy ratio where it's just, you know, for every two pass plays, you know, one of them has got to go his way or whatnot, but that's just because he's going to be open. No one can Mm -hmm. cover him. But I think part of that that's going to help is the fact that Addison is dynamic on the other side. So the coverage is going to be a lot more, I'm not going to say soft, but it's not going to be as tight as it was, you know, like in that Packer game when Alexander put digs or put Jefferson on an Island when he had three guys every single time watching him. <laughs> um, it's not going to be like that. So, um, and then as far as Osborne goes, I think it's just, we have having those three guys, they're all very unique in their skill set. And ironically, I think Osborne's probably the most physical of the guys, not maybe not high point ability, but when he runs after the catch, Jefferson makes everyone miss in the open field, but KJ likes that contact. He kind of has a little bit of that Percy Harvin in him. So mm-hmm. I think it, they'll use them all in very different ways. We're obviously going to be skewed towards a passing team. Um, so, you know, even if you, if you get 30 attempts a game, you know, you have to assume 10 go to Jefferson, you know, eight go to 
Hawk. And then there's plenty of targets out there. So we'll see how it'll be interesting how they, uh, how it plays out here in preseason. Also notably, I don't know if you watched the press conference yesterday, Ron O'Connell, he said something to the effect of, you know, running the football. He didn't say establish the run, but he said that, you know, we want to be able to run the football. And he used a, a phrase, I should have wrote it down. That was more than just we want to run. It, it almost sounds Zimmerish the way that the way that he said it. I think somebody point of emphasis, whether it was Quazy or somebody internally, realized that the Vikings didn't run the ball much at all last year, and that really messed up their time of possession. And when you had a suspect defense on top of it, you don't want to keep throwing them back on the field. So, if you're a Vikings fan, you probably are. If you're listening, watching this, expect the Vikings to run the ball a little bit more in 2023. Uh, Bryant, I want to ask you about this one. The other big development for the first couple of days of training camp is that Daniil Hunter, he's seeking a contract extension. He did not show up to minicamp in June, but he did show up at training camp, but it's like a hold in. He's not going to practice. I think he showed up so he won't get assessed the daily find of, I think it's like 50 grand. So I want to ask you, I don't know if you ever experienced any of your players going through one of those would you think that would be awkward for a player to show up to camp, but then just not do anything because he wants a new contract or is it just, yeah, that takes a lot of like, (laughs) (laughs) it just takes like a lot, like a guts kind of like to be there. Cause like, you're not there. Okay. You're not there. But to be there, just be like, I ain't doing anything. (laughs) I'm like, that just takes like a lot more like, kind of like guts to do that and, and pull it off because, you could probably feel guilty and just be like, okay, and kind of give in and just do something, but mm-hmm. to kind of stand your ground and not do it. I would rather just not, I mean, I'm sure he he doesn't want to be fine, but I would just rather not be there than to have to be there and just not participate. Is there an element of like, you know, as a teammate and presumably a friend of his, if you were on the same team where you would get it, you would get that, you know, the business comes first and he's looking for a big deal and you'd, afford him leeway or is it just a, a bad vibe altogether um it depends on for players it depends on what year they are okay yeah he's in year he's really, year nine no, so i'm saying for the other players depending oh, on what year oh, they are i see for them to really understand about the business the guy the, some of the older ones understand the, the business side and you have some of the younger ones that's probably looking like what is he like or like probably looking at him as he thinks he's you know probably better or good that he doesn't have to so it depends on their position, um, you know, being in the league, so, and the the older ones, they understand and get it, and the young ones are probably just not, you know, pretty too <laughs> short. Understood. Uh, Ron, so I wasn't sure at all if Hunter was going to show up. Um, if he would have played hardball, he would have incurred some pretty hefty fines. But the good news about him showing up was it was a catalyst for O'Connell and Quasi to at least start saying the right things. When O'Connell was in, a, in front of a microphone at minicamp in June... He said, oh, we're trying to be solution-oriented with Daniil. And I'm like, well, no shit. I, I hope that you're trying to find a solution. Uh, but when they asked him about it on Tuesday morning, he and Kwesi both sound a little bit more optimistic about him, uh, Hunter, being with the team in 2023. And even Brian Flores allegedly met with Hunter today. So uh, I, I've, I've been saying for the past few weeks that Hunter being extended or Hunter traded Ron is kind of a litmus test on how serious the 2023 Vikings are about contending for this thing. If they trade Hunter and they don't really get a pass rusher back and it's just a bunch of draft picks or a couple draft picks, you've got Patrick Jones, DJ Wanham, and then maybe like Yannick Ngankwe that you could sign or Justin Houston or somebody. Where are you at? I'm 
fairly certain you want Hunter on the team and extended, but what would your thoughts be on the outlook if, boom, he's traded tomorrow or something wild like that? I mean, I guess at this point, nothing would shock me. Again, we being fans, we saw the team trade the greatest wide receiver of all time, um, which just came out of nowhere. So no one is off limits in that regard um, because you you can't be surprised by it, especially with the contract situation. Um, But again, having him here, like you said, like that's a huge bonus just because the dialogue, like you can't run from the dialogue when you're in the same building. Um, So at least sometimes, you know, even if you're, you know, up in arms with someone like the best way to hash it out is to be in the same room so you can hear their side and you can talk it out that way so and then if the agent comes in town which i almost assuredly that i heard that he was um that's only going to help things too and then at least you have some resolution because the last thing you want is it to go into the season and just an unknown well now he's is going to hold out now you don't have him now his compensation or his um um, what you can get in a trade that's coming down because teams are like, well, he doesn't want to be there. So we're not going to give you, you know, a premium for it. So um, obviously we have a lot, or we have cap room now, which we haven't been able to say for a while. We're still sitting on 18 million cap room. So but something's going to be done, whether that's bringing in a body, bringing in or having the extension for Jefferson, Hawkinson, Hunter. Uh, but I think it's very key to keep him around because he is an elite pass rusher and you need those in this defense. Bryant, when you held out your rookie season, that was a little bit different story because you were a rookie. Um, but did you get any heat from team? Because we've talked on the show many times about how it was a different media landscape back then. You were kind of villainized. Um, now it'd probably be a different mm-hmm. story because you'd be able to explain. I'd have been tweeting. I'd have been tweeting back. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely, that's exactly what I mean. When you did uh, finally arrive in two thousand two, were you welcome to the open arms, or was there skittishness? No, I was welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I wasn't there, there were things, you know, being said in the press um, yeah. about uh, the kid hasn't played it down yet. How's he arguing over money and stuff like that? And it's like, y'all know this is business. Like, <laughs> and I had to find out that this is about business, you know, before I really played in the game. So, yeah, def- I definitely would have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if those taking shots at me um, if this day and age and I was able to tweet and say things back. I definitely would have said something because I feel like, hey, I can't even say anything because, you know, it was only back then, only newspapers and things like mm-hmm. that. Like you had to go through a, you know, a reporter to, for them to, you know, get your side of the story out. But I'm not in Minnesota to do any um, stories with anybody. And and then they can alter, you know, the ways that things are said, too. So if I would have had the platform to, you know, be able to speak my mind, I definitely would have, you know, explained exactly what I'm dealing with and, and why, you know, the situation is what it was. So, I mean, in this standpoint, in this day and age, they they are able – I feel like it kind of helps them sometimes too because they speak out and the people mm-hmm. get like, oh, okay, now nah, I know. But, like, if you only let it just be like the, the team and let them say stuff, they'll put it out to make you look bad a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's <clears> – <throat> we've seen a complete metamorphosis with players wanting to be traded. When I was a mm-hmm. kid and, and you were playing Bryant – uh, if a player wanted to be traded, he was considered an asshole. Like, oh, well, right. he does, yeah, he doesn't like the team, huh? But now, like in the NBA, it's commonplace. Like, we, we're cheering for Damian Lillard to get traded. Like, we're excited for it. Uh, yeah. and so it's complete. It's an era of player empowerment. 
And I think it's uh, seriously bolstered by what you talked about, being able to state your side of the story. And back in 2002, we were relying on the Pioneer Press, the Star Tribune, and the infancy of the internet to pull it up and be like, oh, you'd go to ESPN.com, maybe NFL.com. That was it. We didn't have Barstool. We didn't have Bleacher Report. Or if they did, they were real tiny. Uh, Let's see. On those extensions, Ron, you talked about... Uh, Kwesi Dafamensa implied that, hey, we just got back, so we're probably going to start getting those ironed out. And the entire offseason on both Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, they have said warm, fuzzy things about getting these deals done. So even even when Jefferson is asked about it, he's asked about it today, and he did his version of the, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. I know the money will come. It's like just... It's just glory from God to hear your your star football player not be a diva about it and just say, yeah, I know it's coming. I'm here to win a Super Bowl. Whereas all well, these running backs are going through, they have to dig in. Um, so do you think that that Jefferson and or Hawkinson deal will will hit here soon? Or is this going to drag into the regular season and offseason? Um, <clears throat> I think that for sure one of them will. Now, I lean to think that um, Hawkinson will be done first because I think his rookie contract is obviously up a year sooner. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but I also, <clears throat> if I'm the players like, or those two players specifically, <coughs> oh God, <excuse> me. <coughs> it does them. It's more beneficial for them to wait on it because look at Cole Komet got paid today. Cole Komet's what that a career or a high of 500 yards, 600 yards in the course of the season. And <coughs> so for, if you're one of the best at your position, or in Jefferson's case, the best um, numbers-wise, you want you'll be the highest-paid player. So why would you want to set the market now just to have CD Lamb, who is not worth it, but will get then get more just because he signs it later, or one of those guys from that draft class? So <clears throat> in Jefferson's case, he is going to get paid. The truck will be backed up. If I'm him, I kind of want to push it off as long as possible because the years are going to be the years because he's got, what, two years left or the mm-hmm. one year than the team option and whatever the extension is added on to that anyways. So push it off as long as you can. Again, injuries can always <coughs> happen, but <coughs> but push that off. But with Hawkinson, I think his is more important to get done right away because the tight end position, if you see people getting paid like that, Hawkinson's going to be more, making more than Cole Komet. And now it's, well, now is he going to be making $13, $14 million or can you get him at 12 or whatever the case may be? So um, <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, but I trust that there will be uh, contract talks um, going on, and I don't think we have to worry about those two. No, and the, the items that you're mentioning uh, are really true because the longer Jefferson waits, if he's comfortable – realizing that he could get hurt anytime if he just waits until next March, he's already going to get an extra blah, 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 million per season. It's just the way the market goes pretty soon here. Joe Burrow is going to be extended and you're going to look down at quarterback salaries and Kirk cousins is going to be the 15th highest paid quarterback in the league. And because there's 35 million attached, folks simply won't believe it. They'll be like, ah, he's overpaid. They'll say that for however long, but if he plays like he did last year, 30 touchdowns, 10 picks, 4,200 yards, Somewhere, whether it's the Vikings, 49ers, Patriots, somebody's going to pay Cousins $45 million per year because that is the market now. And that won't even be, that'll be like fair. That'll be about eighth most in the league. So to your point, even Nick Bosa. So all this offseason, we've had this Daniil Hunter watch. I will go check to see, you know, where does he rank among edge rusher salaries? And Nick Bosa is near the top 
And all of a sudden now his deal, his, his deal isn't even up, but he wants to, he's holding out of the 49ers camp and I, he's right up there with the highest paid edge rushers. So there is incentive. If these guys believe that they won't encounter a career ending injury to wait. Um, but it's just a matter of how long are they willing to do that? Uh, like, you know, Saquon this week had to bite the bullet and doesn't, doesn't seem happy about it even after the deal's done. So I think running backs are a different animal, but Jefferson's deal should be on the horizon along with Hawkinson. And then the bit next one, big next one will be Derisaw. And that'll be next March and April that we're talking about that one. All right. Let's see. I want to ask you guys about a couple more things here. Let's do this. So Aaron Rodgers today, uh, former foremost Vikings rival. He now plays for the Jets. Uh, it's 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 almost as if he has a checklist of things to do and say that he didn't do with the Packers. Like he showed up at a camp, mini camp and now he's there just all smiles at training camp. And last year with Green Bay, he was, you know, I don't even think he showed up in June. And then boom, today he took a thirty five million dollar pay cut over the next couple of years so that the team can be built around him more swimmingly. So they can get more beef and roster talent. And it seems like Rodgers is just really sticking it to Green Bay um, the way he's going about his business. <clears throat> but I want to know from the both of you, that's fine and dandy. Bryant, Rodgers will be Rodgers my age. He's like two months younger or so. Do you think Rodgers with the Jets, who have a pretty good defense, do you think this thing is going to click? Are they going to reach the postseason and make some noise, Bryant? The fact that he took a pay cut, that means he is hoping that they can you know, bring in some of the right people to help them get to the playoffs. So um, just depending on how everything aligns as far as, like, you know, injuries and who else they can bring in or whatever they see in training camp that they need. Um, it has potential because he knows how basically to uh, operate and run on offense. So I feel like he has the potential to get there. And that's probably that's part of the reason why they brought, them, brought him to New York because um, they know he knows how to operate an offense. Yeah, you know, so yeah, and I don't know how the defense is, but from is, yeah, it's pretty damn good. And then they have Robert Salah, who was the 49ers, one of the architects of their defense uh back in 2017, 2018. So they do have all bases covered. It's just whether or not Rodgers at 40 plays like he did during his MVP seasons, or like last year. Nobody um, I, I honestly I think he's gonna go in with a mindset. I don't think he plans on being there too long. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to go in there with a mindset of a year or two mm -hmm. and, and go in there and give himself two years to play at a high level, and then that'd be it. Ron, I've been trying to begin to formulate my NFL predictions and standings and all that, and the Jets, I wouldn't say I go back and forth because I consistently believe they're going to be pretty good, 10-7, and 11-6. They're also in a murderer's row division with the Bills, Dolphins, and then the like. the bottom floor the Patriots can ever probably be is 7-10 and 10 or so. So I'm going to ask you, Ron, do you consider this Rodgers experiment in New York? Is this a Super Bowl caliber team <clears throat> or is it just impossible to tell because you don't know which version of Rodgers you're going to get? I mean, I think even if you get a bad version of Rodgers, um, I think, yes, they are because of that defense. That defense kept them in so many games last year with <clears throat> with Wilson and Mike White. So all Rodgers has to do is be better than Mike White and they have a shot. <laughs> So even if he's half the player that he is, <clears throat> which I still think he's better than that. I still think he's a top half of the league um, type of quarterback, obviously with days where he could be a top five, but I don't think he's consistently a top five anymore. Um, but they have weapons and Brees Hall comes back from his um, 
is ACL. Uh, they have Garrett Wilson, Lazard, um, you know, our old friend TJ Conklin. So um, they have weapons out there. And I think the defense is going to be <clears throat> as dominant, if not more dominant than they were last year because they have a competent offense now. So would you put them in the postseason if you were going to pick your seven AFC teams tonight? Yeah, I I think they'll win the division because I think they're the least flawed team in that division. Because <laughs> whether the Dolphins, you know, Tua is still a question mark with <clears throat> his consistency and ability to stay healthy. Josh Allen still commits bad turnovers from time to time, and they lost uh, they lost pieces on their defense. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and then obviously Diggs is a little uh, you know like the question marks around that with whatever that may be, but I think they're going to take a step back because the schedule is <clears throat> going to hinder them as well. <laughs> All right. The, the last thing I want to ask you guys is about a familiar face to the Vikings. And we've talked about this dude over the past few months is Dalvin cook. And, uh, you know, we just got done talking about the AFC East here and oddly Bryant, it seems like the AFC East teams, at least per the rumor mill or Vegas odds, it's kind of an arms race between the Patriots, the Dolphins, and then the Jets to possibly get Dalvin Cook. If you had to predict, Bryant, where do you think he ends up? The Miami guy. Well, that's first of all, is Ron No, what's going on? I, I don't know. Like, it just like I swallowed water wrong, and then it's just uh, <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> so I was just sitting there, and <clears throat> yeah, not good. So sorry, say the teams again. Yeah. So it, right now, for uh, sports books. The Patriots, the front runner, then the Jets, and then the Dolphins because of the hometown connection. Those really haven't died over the last month. So I wanted to know, in terms of prediction, where do you think Dalvin ends up? Um, I can see the Jets trying to make a run at it now. You know, with the pay cut, um, trying to bring him in to give, you know, some more weapons on offense for, um, you know, Rodgers or whatever. I can see that. Um. <laughs> that would be funny, but yeah, I could, I definitely could see that. And um, cause the dolphins, we've heard that for a while, but for some reason, I feel like when you hear like stuff like that and it just lingers for a while, it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. So to me now at this point, I feel like it, it would be new England or, or the jets and I could kind of see it falling into the jets. Yeah. Out of nowhere, about a week and a half ago, the Vegas odds flipped while uh, the Patriots climbed the ladder and became the front runner to, to land cook. Uh, the thing about the Dolphins is they have Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, the rookie, Devin Chain, and then Miles Gaskin. So they've already got a bunch of running backs. And, of course, Dalvin is probably better than all of those players. But at some point, you probably just roll with what you have. And this Dolphins thing has been in the rumor mill for over four months. And like Brian mm-hmm. said, hasn't come to fruition. I'm with you on the Jets. And the reason the reason I'm with you is because – on Dalvin, Dalvin Cook has become pretty active on Twitter and social media over the past two months or so, and he seems to really enjoy this Jets idea. Whether it's Tyler Conklin recruiting him, uh, he seems to like retweet stuff from the Jets coach that says we'd love to have Dalvin. So I don't know if he's just in, enjoying the wooing process, but I think because Brees Hall is coming back from an injury, it would make sense if if Dalvin can accept like a, a shared role, not necessarily a full committee, but he and Bree says one A and one B. Um, otherwise, in the rumor mill, the Cowboys are still there because Tony Pollard's coming back from a leg injury. The Broncos are in there a little bit because Javante Williams is coming back from an injury. And then the Buffalo Bills, because 
Dalvin's brother, James, plays for the Bills. So if if you're if you're healed there, Ron, uh, do you want to offer a, a Dalvin mm-hmm. prediction? Because it could hit at any minute. Well, you know, I think for his from his part, I think, and he's smart enough to do this, um, waiting for either an injury or just like something to shake out during camp. Plus, there's no reason for him to go to camp. But I think the team that would be best for him would be Buffalo because rather than creating a 1A, 1B situation in, in New York with Brees Hall, he would be the one, and then <clears throat> his brother gets to be that scat back that Naheem Hines was supposed to be before he <clears throat> had his uh, jet skiing accident. So, <clears throat> so I think Buffalo would be the best spot for him, um, and I think that team would benefit from having a, a potential bell cow back uh, to take the pressure off of Josh Allen and, and the physicality of the position that he doesn't need to add to that game. Yeah, I'm surprised that one hasn't been leaned into a little bit more. I think they signed, was it Darrington Evans? They signed some guy in the wake of Naheem Hines, Naheem Hines' freak accident. But I would think it would be even more fun to play with your brother than it is just to play for your your home, hometown team. But uh, that's just me. Um, all and right, he was the, teammates with Diggs here in the, yeah. the Miracle Year. So. Yeah, that 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 also checks out. Oh, just in passing here, Jawan Williams, Ron, was getting some first team action on day one of camp. And that also was sort of the case at minicamp in June. And that guy's a second rounder. He came from the Belichick system. He's certainly not a pro bowl or anything. But could you warm up to the idea of Jawan Williams starting instead of Booth or Evans? I mean, he's 6'3", 215 pounds. So, like I've That's talked about dream. before, you, you still you, you still got to throw over that height. Um, so, I'm all for it. Um, if he if he wins the job, great. That just means we have a, a lot more depth than we anticipate. Awesome. All right, Brian. When's the next time you're going to be in Minnesota? Are you, you're planning? Is do you have a, an event? We're in Minnesota the weekend of August 11th. Oh, for really? Boulder is the Boulder options is Boulder. Yeah, like voter options, I believe it's called. It's okay. a foundation. And that's right in the Twin Cities? Because I know sometimes you go to Rochester. It's actually in Rochester. Oh, it is. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Um, myself, um, Cheryl Ford, former WNBA player, yeah. Chester Taylor, Troy Williamson, Marcus Sherrills. Sh- yep. Sherrills. Mm-hmm. And him, uh, Brian Williams. There's a few of us going down. Okay. Uh, for Randall McDaniel will be there. I'll see him every year as well. Really? Sweet. Yeah. So, yep. It's because... Uh, Randall McDaniel is one of the best Vikings of all time. Yep. Sportacular. Um, it's an event we do August 20th. I mean, August 12th from 5 to 8 p.m. The Mayo Field. Okay. Excellent. And then uh, still haven't committed to any Vikings home games this year, but you got your eye on maybe one or two? Yeah, I have my... I, well, whenever the alumni weekend is, it's finally like not a weekend. That it's my birthday, so <laughs> oh, that's right. I, might look, I may look to come there, and I knew that was in October this year. Okay, so that, and then um, look at the schedule and find out another one, like maybe like in November, December. Awesome. All right, gentlemen. Uh, hopefully, Sally will be back with us next week, and by that time, we'll have a full week of training camp to discuss to break down mm-hmm. some of the happenings there. Uh, but that's all I got, gentlemen. So we will talk to you in one week. All right. Okay. All right. Take it easy. Good. Later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.